Jessica. You're now tuned into the Feedback Podcast. What up, everybody? It's back with the Feedback Podcast, where we talk about everything nightlife here in Austin. And this show is a little special because it was my first show on location. We recorded this at Bar 2211, which is at 2211 Weberville Road on the east side. So I got to talk to my good friend, owner, slash manager, uh, Jason Stewart, who runs, owns and runs the place, and his good friend, Patrick Bronson. And uh, we got to talk about uh, the bars he opened, including J Blacks, Kung Fu, uh, Bungalow, and Bar 2211, of course. Uh, the process on opening the bar, his managing style, uh, what some of the things he got going on over there at 2211. And this is a good show because I got to learn a lot about the whole process and uh, I got to do it live with some people uh, in the bar actually. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I know I sure did. I learned a lot. So uh, stay tuned. All right, let's go. And we're live. Welcome to the Feedback Podcast. My name is Back, and today uh, I get to talk to Mr. Jason Stewart. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Manager slash owner <laughs> of so many places. We'll go through that later anyway. <laughs> and Patrick, how you doing, man? Good, good. Doing good. Thanks for coming. I appreciate it. And uh, so you're the regular guy. Not the regular guy, but you're a regular guy here. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. So, uh, like, you come, how many times you come here? Every day, pretty much? Pretty much, yeah. You I eat fly. here, you sleep here, you have a mattress in the back? Yeah, bring my bike in every now and then. Four you to know. five days a week, and uh, a lot of times the bike spends the night here. Is that your you bike know? out there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That spends the there night There was a bunch of people more. walking by it earlier going, oh, look at this. <laughs> Man. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for doing this. It's my first live on location sure. show. I was going to do it at some point anyway. There's people here, but I don't think they give a shit. It's all right. I ain't mad at that. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> this think is, they This care. is good. This is good. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we're here at Bar 2211 on Weberville at 2211 Weberville. Kind of easy, easy, easy way to name a bar, man. Well, you know, there was a lot of names that came throughout the process of this. Um, it was a bar for 30, 40 years before um, I actually got it. Um, it was the H&H Tavern. Oh, okay. Um, and it was in kind of a struggling situation. Um, it was uh, not a place that we would want to be at. It was kind of pretty rough, pretty rough in here. Okay. And uh, we, we, we battled around with a bunch of names, um, but came into the final decision being that it's a little bit further east than most places. Yes. And being that... We, you know, 2211 kind of flowed too. On top of that, um, being it's a little bit further east, it kind of made sense to make the, the name of the bar, the address, so people actually knew exactly where it was. Good point. I could have made that point too. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to all that, all that later. But first, I want to get into uh, your backstory, no pun intended. Um. You've been, hold on, because I've, I've talked to you many times before, and. Uh, so you've been in the business for 19 years, 
Yes, I started uh, in the DFW area at it'd be it's 19 or 20 years this 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 summer, this uh-huh. this past summer. Um, I was uh, actually, believe it or not, I actually had a golf scholarship to college. But you were what? I had a golf scholarship to college, and I was working. What happened to that? Things, a lot of things. <laughs> Alcohol. <laughs> Bad Correct. decisions. Correct. <laughs> and um, the answer is services. <laughs> um, but I was working in a golf shop, and I did club repair and built clubs and all that good stuff. And the, the guy that owned the place, he opened uh, this place called Mulligan's 19th Hole, which is still open to the day. Where was um, this? This is in Arlington, Texas. Okay. Um, I was born in Austin, but... Moved around my whole life and went to high school in the DFW area, Dallas-Fort Worth. And he opened a, opened a bar called Mulligan's 19th Hole. Like I said, it's still open. And offered me a job as a dishwasher. Were you I, just looking for summer money or what was it? I needed a job. You You're know? 16. Yeah. You know, my parents were like, you want a car, get a job. You know, so. Good parents. <laughs> good parents. Believe it or not, he still plays really good golf. So. <laughs> yeah, I fuck that scholarship, but I'm going, I'm going to wash dishes instead. There's, there's a bigger future in washing dishes than, but this, than playing golf. But this was back in the day when there was no dishwashers. It was all manually washed by hand, by myself. Really? Everything that came through the bar, food, silverware, plates. Your, Baskets. The, I washed every fucking thing with my two hands. It you were a head dishwasher. <laughs> I was the only dishwasher. <laughs> Glorified <laughs> dishwasher. Yeah, he had, he had a little, like, a name tag. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And, and from there, I, I got the opportunity to, to move up to, to be a cook. And Did I was you know a, how to cook? No. I learned while I was dishwashing, you know, like, in between, you know. You, cook, when, you, you learned how to cook when you were dishwashing? Dude, you saw leftovers? <laughs> you're like, this is how you make a tiramisu. <laughs> no, it, you know, in hands. between waves of getting, you know, big piles of dishes, you know, I, I learned how to prep food and moved up to basically being like a food prepper and then ended up being a cook. And actually, by the time my senior year rolled around, I was the uh, senior year of high school. I was 18. I uh, was actually the headline cook there and got the opportunity to get behind the bar at 18 years old. And bartended my my senior year of high school, and it's been crazy since then. You know. Wait, so hold on. You went from dishwasher to cook, and then they put you behind the bar. Yes. And you thought you knew what you were doing. I knew absolutely nothing what I was doing. Actually, uh, I was the first night behind the bar. Someone came in from the Fort Worth Star Telegram, and they asked for a buttery nipple. And I made it with Rumpelmann. And you said, how gay are you? Yeah. Well, this was also in 1997. Okay, you know, that's so fine. So it was then. a little bit different. <laughs> but I, I made it with Rumpelmann's and, and uh, Bailey's. Is that how it's done? I don't even no, know. No, it's made with butterscotch schnapps and Bailey's. So, okay, so, okay. So it, was a, so it was a reporter from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, which is the equivalent of the Austin paper. Uh-huh. And... There was an article in me in the paper about how bad I made the shot. <laughs> <laughs> My first night bartending. I almost got fired. What did he say? Did he, did he, he, was he, even like, tell? he was like, well, you know, it was really different. But, you know, I'm writing an article in the paper about this place. And you're going to be in the paper tomorrow. I was like, great. But, I don't know. The, the owners kind of laughed and shrugged it off. And so, um, bartending over there, 
Well, from there I went. If that's where we're going with this, no, go ahead, from go ahead. there I, I went to. It is this, a backstory. I'm not in yeah. it, but it is a backstory <laughs> anyway. From there I went to Humperdinks, right by the ballpark in Arlington. Mm-hmm. And I say mm-hmm, but I don't know what that is. It's right by the uh, the 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 baseball stadium for the uh, Texas Rangers. Okay. Um, and I bartended there for about a year and a half, maybe two years, and then went to work at Cool River and Las Colinas and North Dallas mm-hmm. and then moved back to Austin when I was 20, 21, almost 21 to open the Cool River here. Oh, shit. You did the Cool River? I opened the Cool River here. I opened Mill it at, City? You opened that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> I was the... Uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. But, I mean, how do you... Well, you did, so you didn't go to college? Well, I, well, we'll get there. I, I oh. was in and out of college the oh, whole okay. time. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, In gotcha, and out gotcha. of college the whole time. You know, a bunch of uh, community colleges. But I, I would start and never finish the semester, but... <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. You had, I, you I, had did graduate, I did graduate college, though. Okay, good. But you had dreams. Yes, yeah. Of being in a bar business. Well, you know, I, I think it was probably around the first week that I was bartending at that Mulligan's 19th hole. Shout out, you know, Arlington, Texas. Um that I got a, a, a natural buzz from it, and I knew that one day down the road that I would hopefully own my own place and hopefully be able to to make that come to fruition. And like that was like you had a moment. Yeah, I did. Lots of moments actually, but it, <laughs> there, That's there was, it. There was I'm a, a moment, work yeah. in the bar business. <laughs> yeah. I have dreams but, too. But you know, my my family, my parents were not into it whatsoever and trying to push me the other direction. What did they want you to be? A golfer? Uh, that, you know, my, my mom's a teacher. My dad's a banker. So Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very far from what they do. Um, but came here, opened the core over here, and there was a situation like the second or third week that we were open. They had, they had changed the schedule in the middle of the week. And this, this was before emails and all that kind of stuff. And I pulled up on my, my motorcycle. At the time, I was riding a 2000 ZX7R Ninja 750. Patrick, is that a good is that a good bike? Yeah, yeah, especially for a starter bike. I mean, yeah. it's a starter bike. No, yeah. it's not. He has a starter the training bike. wheels on the side. <laughs> that's not a starter bike. That thing would do 100, 200, 220 miles an hour. It was not a starter bike. I, I'm gonna refer to you every time he mentions bikes. I'm gonna go, Patrick. <laughs> is that good or bad? <laughs> By far not a starter bike. It, it uh, 5,000 RPMs in first gear became a unicycle. Yeah, it's so it's, it's a big it's, boy. It's a, it's a badass. It's a it's a it's a race. I believe you. Basically. I'm just referring to him. Uh, no, it's a big boy. I was, <laughs> uh, all right, all right. So I, I pulled up to work, and they were like, this is before, like, schedules were emailed. There was not really cell phones that much. And I just been ba- been in town for two or three weeks with um, – just been back in town. And they had changed the schedule. Our phone hadn't been set up quite yet. Mm-hmm. And I pulled up, and the manager was like, we changed the schedule. We tried to call you. And I was like – He's like, well, he was like, well, let's go sit down and talk. And I was like, so you're, I'm a trainer here. You know, I helped open this place up. I moved fucking cities for you guys. Mm-hmm. And he sat down with me, and he's like, well, no call, no show, right? Grounds for termination. That's what I said. And he's like, yep. And I was like, see, so you motherfucker. And I got on my bike, and I went and pulled it under the portico where the, the, uh, the valet is, and I white-smoked my back tire and flooded the entire restaurant on my way out. <laughs> the balls for, on for this a good guy. five minutes it was just white smoke went into four or five hundred people having lunch inside their <laughs> and they never did anything they never sued you nothing never pursued that they called me the next day and offered my job back to me oh no shit yeah pussies 
<laughs> well, it, it actually opened a lot of doors for me because it, at that point I went to go. I worked well. It, it, a bunch of I, I, I went for a lot of different places trying to find a job and ended up working at Barton Creek Resort doing breakfast and lunch. I had to get there at 5:30 in the morning to do breakfast and lunch, and I quit there when um, this older couple came in mm-hmm. and asked me to put on white gloves to wait on them. And I told my manager where he can stick those fucking white gloves where he was trying to give them to me, and I walked out. And the next day, I got my job at Eddie V's, and that opened a lot of doors for me. So it was good. Man, nobody can tell you shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I see how you're not corporate at all. You warned me, but damn. I'm going to put smoke in this restaurant where people are eating, and fuck all of y'all, and drive off in the sunset like it's nothing. <laughs> I mean, damn. Um, but they, uh, I, I was fortunate enough to land a job at Eddie V's. I was one of the last people hired and uh, started off as a food runner. I worked in the kitchen. I shucked oysters and then ended up being uh, the head, uh, uh, not line cook, but uh, head uh, food runner, basically, head expo. Okay. And then within two or three months, I became server and then head server. And then a month later, I became manager and I managed a place for... A little over two years, and uh-huh. started off as the bottom tier manager, as the service manager, and then ended up being the bar manager and, and wine I buyer. I mean, th- this is this is the American dream. Like you can make a movie out of this. Started <laughs> as a dishwasher, he was 16 years old, <laughs> moved up to bartender to cook and and uh, what was that? And bartender, and then <laughs> server, and then manager, and now owner. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Um, I mean, did you, did you know, like, did someone sit you down and say, Jason, this is how you run a, uh, you run a place. This is how, um, like, you, when you were managing Eddie V's. Well, I, I kind of feel like there's, there's a lot of people that get in this business to do something else. Uh-huh. It, it's, it's a midway point or some type of a stepping stone for them to, to either finish college or in between jobs or... Maybe they graduate college, and that's what they do for a little while before they grow up and be a, a quote-unquote real job or be an adult. But yeah, yeah. this has always been a real job for me, mm-hmm. and it's something I've always taken a lot of pride in, and I, I respect it. Like, were you the bartender who already knew, just by watching, by looking at how the manager was doing stuff, basically learning on the go? Um, you know, I, I started managing ADVs at 20, almost a little, almost before I was 22 years old, so 21 and a half years old, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I've pretty much been in management for, I'm 35 now, so I've been in management for 14, almost 15 years now. So it's, it's been, I got, I got kind of pushed into a management position a little bit too young, mm-hmm. and yeah. I learned the hard way how to do things the right way and the wrong way. Any, any big, any horror stories from your managing days? Uh, Maybe at Eddie V's? Well, or? Eddie V's, I, some, some good stories from there. Um, probably the, the best story from there is when it was a tire shop for 33 years, and it was where all the bats came, and under the portico share where the valley is, there, there was a lot of bats that nested up in there. Uh-huh. So when we first opened the doors, the first year that we were open, we had a major bat problem, and bats would fly inside the restaurant. So you have two or three hundred people in there spending, you know, hundred to two hundred dollars yeah, yeah, a yeah. person, and bats swooping over the tables. They would stick to the, you know, like the ceiling tiles that move around the the, the rectangular ceiling tiles. Yeah. So I would go. So they fly around. They finally stick to a ceiling tile, and I would go and get two brooms, the handles, and put a uh, 
a, a trash bag around it, hit the ceiling tile, and they would fall. I'd do that standing up on the table, and I'd get a standing ovation from everybody in the restaurant. It was kind of cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what managers do. Cash pass. Right? <laughs> you never know. You never know. But I made a lot of bad decisions, you know, as a young manager. I was called Little Hitler quite a bit, you know, like, you know, I was managing people older than my parents at that time, you know. Oh, shit. It was, it was a lot of, lot of learning. I, a I lot bet. of learning. I, I wouldn't know where to start. I think it's a lot of, like, you wake up, you get there, and then everything is just, there's always something. Yeah. Always something to fix. Always something the there's a repair you know, to to make you know plumbing get fucked up, something happens, and oh, yeah. it's, it's always it, there's it's never a dull moment when you're a manager, correct? Yeah, yeah. and we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get into that later. Um, so then from there, Jay Blacks. Well, well, from there, I was like, you know, fuck this, I'm not gonna. You didn't do I'm, anything I'm, crazy I'm, I'm, I'm this gonna, time, did you? I'm gonna no, I left. I was I'm going back to school. I'm done with this. I'm gonna get out of this business. Da da da. da. And I went and worked at Roos Chris Steakhouse for just shy of three years and went back to school. I went to, I think, all six or seven ACCs, you know. You're going for what? <laughs> well, I didn't know what I was going to do, you know. Oh, you knew. You had your dream since you were 16 years well, old. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it changed, you know. After, after getting, you know, more than elbow deep in it, Yeah. I, I kind of had I – was, I was on the fence about what I was going to do. Uh-huh. But I knew I wanted a business degree, and I've always kind of something that's been in, in, inbred in me or something like, along the lines of that. Um, so I went to every ACC in the city, you know, and <laughs> dropped a lot of classes. But I got to a point where I had about, you know, 50 hours or so. I was like, you know, I applied at St. Ed's. They accepted me, but I was like, I cannot finish college in Austin. So I moved to Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And finished college at Texas Wesleyan University, a little private school there. And, and came back and you're like, I'm taking over this. Well, and th- well, when I was there, I opened the Taverna there and was a bar manager there for two years. So did, I did. I mean, at that point, did people approach you and say, Hey, you seem to know what you're doing. What's up? Would you actually seek it out? And like, okay, I'm still, I'm in school, but I'm still that that whole service industry thing. It's just something I want to yeah. do. So I'm going to look for that. Yeah, most definitely. It was. I, at that point, my resume was pretty strong, and you know, yeah. and people were, you know, I applied for. I smoked po- out the joint. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I applied for positions, and there's a longer story about that in Fort Worth, but not really going to get into it. That's fine. Um, but it, it, you know, I had some opportunities, and they, you know, they welcomed me to help open the Taverna there in Fort Worth, and I'd mm-hmm. never worked in an Italian food restaurant before. I learned how to make pizzas, and. You know, managed a big staff there and was a bar manager. It was cool. Yeah. I learned a lot and knocked my uh, – I have a a liberal studies degree with a focus in business, international business, and Spanish. Did that help at all? I mean, I speak Spanish often. You know, I, you know, I, I use it just about every day. Really? Yeah. And when I was fi- – I was uh, 14 and 15. I went to school in Mexico for the summer to learn Spanish. Okay, so that, at least I've had it from kin- I've had it from kindergarten through I graduated college, so. Okay, that's good. At least you got you had some Yeah. Your education then, actually works. <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I moved back here and uh actually somebody that was a bartender at Eddie B's, one of my dear friends that I was actually his boss, mm-hmm. I, I actually just played golf with on last Wednesday or Wednesday, right? Is that when I played? Yeah. Golf? Wednesday. And uh, he owns J Blacks. 
and he was in the process of opening J-Box when I graduated college in Fort Worth. And he offered me a job to, you know, come manage the place until I figured out what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And came and opened J-Blocks and applying for jobs, day jobs, left and right, da-da-da-da. Got a job at Dell in the international sales department. Mm-hmm. And the job didn't start. This was in November of, or November of 2007. Got the job. It was a big job. You know, I, was gonna, I probably would have done really well. Yeah. And, but the job didn't start till February 1st. So talked to my buddy that owns J-Blocks. I was like, well, I'm going to go on hiatus for a little while. And I took a five-week trip to Costa Rica by myself. And four days into that trip, I was like, there's no fucking way I'm going to sit at a cubicle. I'm going to work on open my own place. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's the movie again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I ended up staying there for... You see a little montage, like 80s montage? You're just sitting there like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> ended up staying there for a little over two years. And then my opportunity at Kung Fu came around. And I was the general manager of Kung Fu for two and a half years. And had a small percentage of ownership, but it was just in sweat equity. Uh-huh. And until my opportunity came to do my own thing, and you know, open bungalow, and I'm it's still going and, and doing great, and yeah, and I'm super proud of it. Um, I'm one of the four owners with Osh, Donnie, and Dennis. You know, we're yeah, equal yeah, partners. And that's that opened August 24th, 2012. And then you know that kind of got going the way I wanted to move, and I had the opportunity to open a place where I really had kind of the full control of design and concept where it's kind of really weighing all on my shoulders mm-hmm. to bar 2211. That's where we are right now. And I'm super proud of it. What a resume. Give it up. Give him a hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope, man. I mean, that's, that's a lot. You, yeah. That's a five page resume right there. Mm-hmm. But, um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about is really, I mean, you've, you've seen, the in and outs, I would say, of the service industry at this point. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for more than half of my life. Right. So Two-thirds of my life at this point, I guess. Well, yeah, I don't put yeah. it in those terms because yeah. that makes you really... This <laughs> 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 I've been doing it for over a decade. And then it will be... For, I think it sounds better. Uh, <laughs> Two decades, man. Oh, come on. Okay, now if you want to put it that way, that's Almost. fine too. Almost. Two decades. Yeah, no. But um, in the century, the the, um, the process of opening a bar or oh, man. It is it's got to be crazy. And I see. I mean, I've been around for 16 years now in Austin, and I've seen bars open, close, rename, move, change management, go from 21 plus to 18 plus, from no, not charging to now charging five bucks, and it really got me thinking. Like, okay. It's got to be a bitch to get this thing started, especially in a place like Austin when there's so much going on. Yeah. And then we have, like, so many bars per capita or something like that. You know, actually, um, we're not – you believe it – we're not – I don't think even in the top five per capita in the United really? States. We're not. It's just so condensed Yeah. that you think that there's more bars than what um, – it's actually not uh, – <laughs> sorry. It's fine, it's fine. Uh, it is live. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, there's... Was... The, no, the, the door. The door to the restroom is not right there. It's to the right. You push that thing, the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Well, now that we're on that topic, uh, the restrooms at 2211 are a little bit difficult to, to see. <laughs> yeah, especially when you have the actual door that you can see from here. <laughs> and it says cock on it. I mean, there's a picture of a well, you got to push cock. the cock and push the pussy to get into the doors, you know? All right, that's a pussy on the other one? Yeah, there's a pussy and a cock, you know? Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> so we'll get into all that later. I got to... Where was I, man? I got distracted. I apologize. Um... Uh, Barbara Capra in Austin, you were saying that this... Yeah, I, 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 you know, I haven't looked at the studies in a while, but I, I do believe, and I could be completely wrong about this, but I do not believe that we're even in the top five in the United States per capita. I thought... I saw... Um, I could be co- entirely wrong, though. There was... Um, if you go to citydata.com, I had this statistic uh, a while back, like the number of bars within, um, within a zip code. I think we were up there. Well, I think with zip code, yeah, zip that's, code, that's yes. probably right. But as far as um, as far as the the city itself, yeah, I think it's it's not in the top five. But again, um, the, I could be wrong. I mean, it's miles and miles and miles of bars. So when you're trying to open a new a new joint, and you're thinking, okay, first I'll come up with a concept. Like, how did you? I mean, you were brought in to open J Blacks. So you did, did you have any input on that, or was it pretty um, much done? I, they had already had the location yeah. um, and the design concept and all the elements going. Um, I did kind of help staff and train yeah. and that kind of stuff and put together uh, drink menus and you know the back bar items and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I did not have a lot of control over how that went down. Um, and Kung, Kung Fu, same Kung thing? Kung Fu, I had... Uh, a little bit of uh, design elements that I helped out with, you know, like it's, it, especially behind the bar, I helped out with, you know, but there, it a was, substantial amount of the design behind the bar. But wasn't and, already, don't they all pretty much look the same? Or was it this one that was the first one? This was the first Kung Fu that I Oh, opened. okay. Yeah. I thought there was the, the Houston. The, fir- the first one was, in, was, was here on West Street. On oh, West okay. Street. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I did help design 100% behind the bar, like where all the wells went. Yeah, and yeah. then I ordered all the, I, I put together all the products behind the bar uh-huh. and staffed the place. Who and, picked the arcades? Um, owners did. And same with the, as far as the concept, we're going to have a bunch of arcades. Yeah, that, they, was, their that, was, that was their deal, and they brought me on to help do that. Oh, okay, gotcha. And Bungalow, same thing? Bungalow, no, I was, it was split, you know, 25, 25, 25 between the four of us. We all kind of put our heads together and did the whole thing together. Okay. And here, it was all you? Well, it was, it, it was uh, my business partner, uh, Nick Swerdvicker, and then Jeremy Murray. Yeah, from Blackheart? From Blackheart. Yeah. It's the three of us. Um, but as far as being in here during construction and design, the majority of it was all on me. Mm-hmm. And staffing the place and kind of the concept all together as well. The thing, the thing that I've seen uh, happen before is um, I think it's, it's very important, and Patrick, feel free to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. No, let's go, let's go. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean uh, um, I've seen bars open or clubs or whatever, and they have a concept. They go, okay, we're going to be um, – uh, a hip hop place, right? And then this is the this is the decor we're going for. This is the kind of mood we're going for. And then, as they see that other bars are doing other things, they try to adjust, right? And then they just flip it on everybody and totally change it, right? Yeah. I've never seen that shit work. Um, I can. You know, I have I, a good example. But go for it. I, I understand what you're saying. I think that going into opening a business like that, I think you need to put a lot of thought into. Exactly where you are, you yeah. know, 
uh, geographically and demographically. Right. Are the two biggest factors to, to weigh into that. Mm-hmm. I've never been a part of a complete shift or change inside of this in my 19 years of doing this. I mean, but. I've seen, I remember, um, uh, remember Prague? Yes. That was on Fifth Street? That you go, that you go downstairs? Fifth fifth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Between that. Congress and uh, Colorado. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go yeah, downstairs, yeah, yeah. it's like a dungeon kind of thing with yeah. all these gargoyles and shit. So they started off and they were like, hey, we're going we're gonna to have uh, service industry nights on Tuesdays and we're going to have a big DJ rotation and, you know, it's going to be the spot. And they're going to play, uh, they were not going all like top 40. I mean, I'm big on music. That's, that's, my, that's my thing. And then they saw that, I remember at the time, I forgot what place opened. If it was Lanai or one of those like techno places started opening around, yeah. and then they were starting to get bigger, and they're like, "Oh, we got to keep up, so we're gonna switch." Mm-hmm. And then and it became a gay bar, right? No, it just it didn't survive. It became a gay bar for a little bit, I think. Oh, after, it did. Yeah. Well, now it's a beast or something. I haven't been there, but nobody came after that because people are like, "Yeah, it's I'm used I don't know to." How they pa- I don't know how they pass fire code with that because there needs to be two exits. Is there another exit besides? Yeah, the there's a um, there's a staircase in the back can go out. Okay. I think one of the things that I noticed most about Jason because I've known him for a while, uh-huh. not just uh, I met him right. I met Patrick right when he moved here from Vegas. Right. I moved here about five years ago. Yeah. And that was right before Rainy Street jumped off. Yeah. And I noticed that. You know, Bungalow, which was another bar that he had opened, uh-huh. was literally one of the first bars on the street. Right. Yeah. And he, had, I think the one thing that Jason has noticed is that he can pinpoint certain parts of the town that are about to pop off before they really start popping off. Why you got to my question, man? I was going to bring that shit up. So, well, I'm just throwing no, no, that no, out hey, there. No, Pat, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Thanks, no, Pat. Which is great. No, Thanks, which Patrick. Is a, which is a great point. Uh, which is a great point because, you know, like you said, it's all about demographics and locations. So yeah. right. you were right in, you know, going to West 6 and helping out with Jay Blacks and Kung Fu. West 6 I mean, Jay, Bla- Jay Blacks right. put West 6th Street on the map. Pretty, I mean, uh, there was that Union Park at the time, wasn't it? Uh, no. Union Park came after. Union Park came after. No, Union Park was there. Yeah. Because um, it started it was, the whole brunch it thing. It was not... It was not super busy until J Blacks opened. West Sixth Street was not. Yeah. Molotov was there. It was the first. Then Union Park, and then J Blacks. But J Blacks really set it off the map. Yeah. And, and then, the first day that we opened J Blacks, it was me, the two owners, and another bartender. The four of us. Mm-hmm. We went to the store, and I was like, "Well, the, uh, my buddy Sean, Sean Frick. What up, Sean?" Uh, he was like, "How many limes do you think we need for the night?" I was like, "I ah, just get twenty limes." 20 limes? 20 limes, you know, for the night. For the opening night? Yeah, opening night. And I, we got like seven or eight lemons. And no door guy, no bar back. I don't think we had any cocktail service. I, don't know, I think we did, and I, I chewed her out and told her to fucking leave. But uh, <laughs> she started crying because it got too busy. I was like, get the fuck out of here. Um, something like that. But, uh, <clears throat> so we opened the fucking doors, and next thing you know, there's that bar. You need six fucking bartenders behind that bar, maybe seven mm-hmm. when it gets that busy. And there's 600 people in the motherfucking place, and it was nuts, dude. It was, it was something that, <laughs> that you don't really want to uh, put yourself up in a position like that to have to yeah. do, man. Yeah, we want seven no bar limes back, and nothing. eight limes and... Uh... <laughs> 
No door we guy. Had, we ran out of limes in the first five minutes. We opened the doors. <laughs> no shit. Kung Fu, same thing? Kung Fu did not have that big of a start. It didn't. Really? It took a few. It took four to five months before it really started taking off. And then the Sunday funny th- things started going on. Mm-hmm. And you started that? You were there when I the started? Sunday funny yeah. thing, yeah, yeah, big time. You were, you were a part of that too? Oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't a part of the entire actual situation with oh, I had it, a whole I, show. I remember being there when it started kicking off, and there was no other place you would go. I mean, I know. Everybody would go. It's, uh, I, I, I started doing that uh, Bloody Mary bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dollar Mimosas. And I had this little mix I would do on the, the infused vodka and... They're still doing it right now. I think they're still using the same mix I use. Yeah, they're running, they're running with what they have. Yeah, I mean, the, the pickle shots and all that bullshit. I think they I actually... Hey, didn't they, that was your idea? Didn't they actually... I will take, that was I will take idea. 100% credit for the pickle shots. Yeah, I've had two of them, and they're not okay. good. Okay, that was my idea. <laughs> I'm going to shit. They started a fucking company. Yes, there's a whole full-blown nationwide company There's somebody company in the audience right now that can attest to me starting the, the fucking shot. pickle shots. Yes. Really? Yeah, and it, it came. That was me, dude. That's the shot that. How did you come name? up with that? That's well, nasty. I didn't. I didn't come up with it. That's the shot. What's his name was taken before he. Never mind. You, what? Get, what's his name from Jackass? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, well, the 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 uh, when the Russians invented vodka, right? They yeah. would sit around with a bottle of vodka in their hand, and they would pass the bottle of vodka around, and they'd each have a pickle. They take a shot out of the bottle and take a bite of a pickle. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's how it started. Thank you, ladies. And uh, so I took that concept and turned yeah. it into like a juice. Other people around the United States have been doing it, but I started doing it at Kung Fu, and it fucking took off. And now it's spread throughout the entire city. Someone's even started a company called The Pickle Shot, and they're selling prepackaged pickle juice now out of 750 milliliters. You ain't getting yeah, none of that? A, there's a full-blown nothing. website Not even a pat on everything. the back, man. Why? Not even a pat on the back. Okay, now it's on, now it's on record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a full-blown website and everything for it now. I, I hate those pickle shots. I hate pickles. I don't like them either, but people love them. No, I, no, I like pickles in my burger, but did just it as drink like a the pickle gag. after the shot, I can't. Yeah, it was kind of like a... <laughs> Instead of giving somebody a bar mat shot, they'd give them a pickle shot. <laughs> hey, Stacy. <Stacey. laughs> and, um, yeah, so you were around when the whole Sunday Funday thing started. Yeah, yeah, it was... I have a whole show. I did a whole show about Sunday Funday, how mm-hmm. crazy it's gotten, how, like, did you, you got out of there, what, two years in, right? Um, I was there for two and a half years, the first two and a half years. Mm-hmm. So I left um, three years ago this June. So it was already popping. Yeah. Right, yeah. It, I was there until June 2011. Well, so, so going back to um, Sean O'Pun's spot, I mean, he was dead on. You you saw that Wessex was the next the next thing, and then what's her name? That girl that opened Rainy, pretty much. Dun- Bridget Dunlap. Dunlap. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so it was uh, Luster Pearl, Bar 96, and you were third, pretty much? No, Luster Pearl, um, Clive, Bar 96. Um, thank you. Uh, Eisenhower's, Eisenhower's, Blackheart, and we're right after that. Really? So we're like fifth on the block, but now there's. How come they didn't want to get that spot first? Well, we we had had our spot way before. I, we'd had that spot way before any of those bars opened. It just took us almost two years to open. It took us 22 months to open. 
Well, what was going it? Going through all the permitting process. It was the biggest motherfucker I've ever been through in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Was it getting license? Licensing and, and like people were protesting our license. Why? Um, because they thought that we might kill um, a certain type of salamander that was, yeah, shit like that. People care really? about salamanders now? Yeah, that would. And, and <laughs> Patrick is like, what, what the fuck is this? It, it, not that exactly, but it was, it was something. We just had this in my owner's meeting uh, yesterday at Bungalow. And it was something along the lines of some type of small animal that was indigenous to Rainy Street that quite possibly could wipe out their entire species if we did construction on the property. On that property, not next door. There was an <laughs> indigenous <property>. species to <laughs> Rainy Street. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Wait, did did you have to sit in those? I, I did some. Uh, I looked up some stuff on like opening bars and stuff, and one thing that kept coming back is you have to sit in those meetings, like community shit. I mean, you can if you want to. You, don't, you don't necessarily have to. Have to no. You didn't want I, people I, I, I to do, accept you in your I, neighborhood. I do my best to stay out of them these days because you get pin, pin, pinpointed while you're in there, and you get. Wait, so who are those people? Just people live in the neighborhood? They're like, okay, well, no, it's prove all those to us that, that we want your bar in our neighborhood. It's all those people that live in those high-rises that, like, have a million votes on the same square footage of property that we have over there. Yeah. And there's, you know, all their votes versus our little vote. So you never had to do that? No, no, unless you want to and go get ridiculed the whole time you're there. I mean, maybe I could have sped things up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I had no idea. Save the salamanders. <laughs> Wait, did you? Did you, did you actually get it a, wasn't a I, that you know that I've heard that from another. It wasn't exactly a salamander. It was like something scene, super ironic like that. That was. Completely you have to get a. I, I read something about a liquor lawyer. TABC lawyer. I didn't know that was like a practice of lawyer. Yeah, I'm a, a liquor a TAB, lawyer. A TABC lawyer. So what? Uh, what does he do? Um, he basically helps you get through the process of getting your liquor license. You're. So when you say two years, it was two years construction to open. It was the, actually the liquor license was one of the easiest things to get. Really? Because of the zoning. Um, and we actually got one of the harder permits to get in town. It's a late hours cocktail permit, and which mm-hmm. I have here too at 2211. Um, dude, dude, shut the fuck up. Can we? All right. Uh, if you guys heard, some dude was uh, flipping tables. <laughs> On the patio, so we have to take a break. <laughs> it's live, man. This is good. This is good. Yeah, he uh, flipped some tables, and uh, one of my buddies chased him out, and uh, he jumped the fence and flipped us all off. <laughs> Asshole. Anyway, where were we? Um, oh, yeah, the permits took two years to get Yeah, there. I mean, it was uh, actually, you know, in that process, the TABC permit was the, the hardest part, uh, the easiest part. Um, and generally speaking, it's one of the hardest parts of the process of opening a bar. Um, we just ran into a lot of hurdles with the city and the Rainy Street District Association. Um, it would <laughs> we tore the whole place down except for the front facade. We had to keep the, we, we tore the entire place down except for the front facade. Uh-huh. So it's an entirely brand new building except for the front wall that you see from Rainy from from driving down Rainy Street. Yeah, we had to keep that from the house that was built in 1918. Um, because of the historical society, it would it would have been a lot cheaper just to bulldoze a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I mean, that's just and so match much that to teardrop through. siding from 1918 or 1920. I think 1918 or 1928 along the rest of the house. So you walk into the front door of bungalow. Yeah. 
everything is brand new once you take that first step in there. So there was, so. So basically, the front wall is the that's only. That's all you kept. That's all we kept. Tore everything down, even the foundation, everything. God damn. <laughs> and it's actually up. Even though there's a cement patio wrapping around the the the, the house at bungalow. Yeah. Um, it's actually a pier and beam foundation was actually more expensive, but because of the watershed underneath it, we had to do a pier and beam because the ground shifts so much underneath it. I mean, this was the first time that you were like opening a, a place like from the ground. From up. the from the driver's seat, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would have no idea where to start. Just seeing those meetings, man, would fucking give me. <laughs> well, I mean that too, and then just dealing with. There's so many roadblocks in the city, and there's so many people short, and that... I mean, there's a lot of bureaucracy involved. Austin's supposed to be this place that supports small business yeah, and is welcoming it. However, it's so hard to fucking do it because the permitting process is just so difficult. And there's, you know, 20, 30 permits for everything involved. Like with the plumbing alone, there's seven or eight permits. Uh Uh-huh. Wait, yeah. what is there? Is that something that they've been working on to make it easier? No, they're, or is they're, it, it's always been like that. It's not. It's not changing. It's just flooded because there's so many people moving into Austin, and it's they're just shy at the city on employees. Yeah, and there's not enough funding going to their department or whatever. You know, I don't know the ex- the, the exact ins and outs of it because a lot of time I'm working with a general contractor that he's doing a lot of that work too, and I'm working with him. So. Okay. Oh, so you do have a middleman. You don't have to deal directly with the... Well, a lot of it we did as well, too. Um, but I did a lot of that here with my general contractor at 2211, to, and I learned a lot about it. Uh-huh. So... Sounds complicated as hell. It's, it's super hard to explain, and I'm definitely not an aficionado, even after doing this <laughs> as long as I am. Wait, I so... Have, were, you, were you worried about competition when you first opened the bungalow? Um, that's always a major concern. Yeah. Every single time I've done this, especially being an owner for the first time at Bungalow, um, you know, because there was already competition on the street. Uh Uh-huh. However, I feel like I put together one of the strongest staffs in the entire city. That's true. We talked about that before, yeah. And, you know, I I hand-hired every single person there. Um, Good call. And I want to say... 85 to 90 percent of the people since it's opened a little over two years ago are still there that's unheard of in this industry that's yeah, true big time it's completely unheard of well, how, did, how did you react when you first walked in a bungalow honestly i was i was pretty shocked actually because i've known jason and i've seen the bars that he's o- that he's opened and managed mm-hmm. and everything that he's actually done when i walked into that place kind of blew me away when you walk in you see that big open window the way that the back of the bar is and i'll get to actually how this bar 2211 compares to it but Mm -hmm. man i i would tell you that the the way that if i'm not mistaken you actually design the actual have a big say in the how the floor plan is oh yeah definitely so when you walk in it's very similar to this one and it's big it's open it's comfortable because that's one of the biggest things that a lot of people have to cry about when you go to bars is there's no space. Aha, and we'll get to that later. I have a whole list. Here's what struck me, because uh, I got to admit, it took me a while to get into the whole rainy thing. Because 
Like I said earlier, music to me is what matters when I go out. That's my right. number one priority. Yeah. And it took a while for DJs to go over there. Right. And because it felt like, oh, it's just a bunch of people staying around like a house party and just talking about the weather and work and, and, right. and school, which is yeah. boring to me. Yeah, you don't get that vibe. Exactly. So um, I remember one of the first times I went to Rainy, I went to, I think it was Bar 96 at the time, uh, Trey West was playing there, and then more and more DJs started coming that way. Right. But I remember walking into Bungalow, and, yeah, I knew half the staff in there. Yeah. And well, I, you know, just me working in the city for as long as I have, you know, I, I really took a lot of time trying to handpick everybody, and not just from one specific location. I tried to get people, handpick people from every kind of little, little niche or district downtown Austin mm-hmm. to try and bring a multitude of different people into the bar and a bunch of different personalities. They can bring a lot of different uh, their friends too. Right, right. Upon pro- providing them with a cool place to work, and it's actually the largest single lot on Rainy Street. Mm-hmm. The largest single lot. Single lot on Rainy Street. So like Bangers it's is actually, two lots. Yeah, it's bigger. Th- it's Bangers is two lots. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Um, and it's also at the time it was the only only place on the street that had two full bars. Oh and yeah, that, that was call. the biggest thing for me too. Was that patio bar. Uh-huh. And that big back area. So I knew I could put a big staff on and pump some fucking numbers out of that place. And that's what's cool about Bungalow because the different types of people that he hired on staff brings mm-hmm. in a different diversification of different people. Yeah, and then I think when I talked to you last year about this, um, the people you see there, it's kind of like a pseudo West Six people because mm-hmm. you see people, girls in heels. Yeah. You still some, see some, uh, some classy folks. It's not a bunch of... Mm-hmm. People in flip flops and shorts, cargo shorts and Texas shirts. Yeah, and so that that struck me too. Yeah, and then well, that's where my following kind of came from too. You know, from West Sixth Street. You know, yeah, exactly from, from West Sixth Street. Yeah, exactly. From West Sixth, West Thirty Sixth, and West Fifth, and all that come to combined. <laughs> I guess you could say. But what that's really cool. what really got me is when the whole Sunday social thing started. Yeah, uh, was with, a couple summers ago. With or Melissa last Hess summer. And, yeah, uh, Melissa and Avi were doing yeah. that. Yeah, because to me, I mean, like I said. If the music is right, I will mm-hmm. be there. It's, it's, it's that simple. I don't care if it's five people or 500 people. Right. If there's music I like, I will be there. And also, like, I, over the years, uh, I know I've told a story before, but um, I made my friends by going out. So I became friends, very close friends, to, with a lot of people who work downtown. So all those bartenders... Most of them, I sat down with them at the bar when it was dead, and we just shoot the shit for, you know, for uh, for a few minutes. And I'll, even if I'm not, you know, staying the whole time, but I always make sure to come by, say hi. And so with that, all these years, yeah, I'll go to a place and I'm like, holy shit, you you work here now. Yeah, which is great. Which is great. I love uh, I love walking into a place and I'm like, oh, I already know some people. Yeah. it really helps. It really I, helps. I, I can't say enough how happy I am with the staff there. It's it's. Uh Shout out to Paul. Shout out to Ashley's. Well, both Ashley's. Who else is? I don't know who else is there. I'm trying to. <laughs> Chad. Tisha, Chad, yeah. Jacques. Paul. Turbo. Turbo. My main man, yeah. Turbo. You know, Turbo is. Turbo started working for me. I stole him from Hula Hut when I was at J Blacks. Uh huh. He went from uh, J Blacks to Annie's to Kung Fu to Bungalow and here. He's been with me for. He's driving my old car. You know, like, I've, he's a brother to me. Oh, there you awesome. go. Yeah. That's what the service industry does. See yeah. all those dreams you had when you were dishwashing? <laughs> I mean, washing dishes. 
I mean, it, it's, it's got to feel good. It's got to feel good. Yeah. Um, so back to the, the, the question I asked. So you're not too worried about competition when you first got there? Well, I, the, like, yeah. You, it, it spawned, you are to some degree. It, it spawned but a, different thought, a lot of different thoughts. But um, always worried about competition. But I, I felt confident in the following that I've had throughout the years and the staff I'd put together and providing them with the tools to for success mm -hmm. and training them in the proper fashion fucking being nice to people man be nice to people <laughs> how hard is that to fucking do somebody walks into a bar they sit down ask them how they're doing give them a beverage napkin say hello you might change their day you might stop them from killing themselves you know like i'll say what my what uh mama always told me and still tells me back don't fuck with people who serve you yes mm -hmm. never Food, drinks, any, anybody who's actually doing, who's helping you out or making your, you know, feel better, making your day better, don't fuck with them. This Especially brings, if they're serving you something. This brings another story I haven't told in probably 10 years. This Aha! Exclusive! I, I, was, I was working at Humperdinks, and it was this manager I had that I really looked up to. I learned a lot from him. And it was his last day managing the place. And uh, this table was giving this girl a real hard time. Real hard time. She started crying. Da da da. da. And uh, he was like, "No, nah, just just finish. Just fi you know, you'll you'll feel better about finishing the table." Gave her a hard time. Ended up being a couple hundred dollar tab and tipped her like twenty five cents. Twenty five cents. Something Damn. like that. You know. So it cost her money to wait on that fucking table. Yeah, exactly. So you know, it's something like that. You're tipping out five percent. So it cost her. 5% of 200 bucks, whatever that is, mm -hmm. you know. 10 bucks to wait on that table. Yeah. Cost her 10 bucks to wait on those motherfuckers, you know. And uh, the manager walked up to over to them after they had closed their tab out and was like, you know, uh, do you know what a booger tastes like? <laughs> and they came back around again. Actually, he had stopped by the table earlier uh -huh. be before they got their food. And the snideway was like, do you know what a booger tastes like? I'm retracting my story a little bit. Sometimes I get too ahead of myself. That's fine. That's fine. Stories. Go for it. So she was, crying. she was crying. She was crying. Da, 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 da. He's like, no, go back to the table. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop by and talk to him. He's like, do you guys know what a booger tastes like? They look at him like, what, you know, what, what's wrong with this dude? You know, like. Yeah. So they, 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 they snub her on the tip, and he goes by, and he sits down at the table. He pulls a table. He pulls a chair up next to him. He's like, you know, there's two people in the entire world you don't fuck with person that cuts your hair and the person that brings you a food. Let me ask you again what the fuck a burger tastes like. And got up and walked out and that was it. He walked out the door. Oh, <laughs> nice. Nice. Not what I mean. I, I was still... You know. That's a good one, right? That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a good one. So I haven't told that story in 10 years, man. I fucked it up a little bit. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So, I mean, it, that, that's really all it takes. And you should know that. You're... You're taught that, hopefully, but if you don't... Nothing you ever happened nowhere. to their food, but he was just planting a seed in their head. You no, know? no, he's right. He's right. Yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so of all these years, did you... I mean, apparently, I see how you handle things. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, like, you have, a, you have a managing style that you've kind of... Yeah, you know, I, like you could you could walk into a spot and be like, "Oh, Jason, this is Jason shit right here." It's unorthodox, but it's good. It works um, well. He's been cursing his ass off. Look at him; yeah, he's the owner talking. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have kind of a foul mouth too, but I know when to turn it on and turn it off. 
and I feel like I provide when I'm in a situation where I need to be welcoming or shake somebody's hand or and, and genuinely mean it and ask somebody how their day is going, you know, that's that's coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, if someone's acting like a motherfucker and being rude to somebody that's that's working for me, I'll let them know and I'll tell them where they can go. Yeah, yeah you. I mean, your first story Definitely. when we opened a podcast was uh, I smoked out a restaurant. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I can walk into a bar when Jason's working, and I can tell whether he's in manager mode uh-huh. or if he's in he's in friend mode. There's you know what? At, at a first, big I could, fucking difference. I know, but I, I, I can mean, be hard to read, man. I know. Yeah, I know because I mean. I've seen you around, and you're—I mean—you run into the place, so you're visible. People might not know who you are, but when I see, you, I'm like, I'm trying to picture you pissed, but you might be pissed right now. <laughs> I have no idea. A lot of people think I'm frowning all the time, but it's because of my mustache, and it's really—it's really not the case. I know he has to piss. I've had to piss twice while I've been up here. <laughs> <laughs> So if, if if there's something that, um, what would you, okay, I'm trying to phrase this right. I'm going to read it. Fuck it. If there's something you wish you had known back then that you know now, what would it be? Um, that's a good question, man. Uh, that's what I do. Um, huh. Huh. Help him out. Help him out. <laughs> it would be it, 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 from... I mean, there's a lot of things. I I'm sure, I'm sure. About yeah. that shit. Um, I feel like a lot of times just to, to make sure you're thinking before you react, you know? Are you uh, impulsive sometimes? No, not necessarily. But uh, I think when I was younger, as a young manager, yeah, I, I made a lot of decisions in anger versus thinking about thinking them, thinking them out Emotional thoroughly. versus Dude, that's management 101. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> What's that? I was going to say emotional decisions versus yeah. intellectual decisions. That's that's a big thing. Good with call, me, good so. call. So t- to run a bar, like, what would you, what are some of the qualities or some of the, I think you, actually what someone should have? I mean, I think you definitely need to be outgoing, charismatic, strong leader, attention to detail. Attention to detail is, is really probably mm-hmm. number one. Um, and a, a, strong, a strong leader. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you feel like you still have to be visible and, like, let people know, hey, how you doing? I'm the, like, you go to restaurants, hey, I'm the manager. Was the food okay? You still um, do that stuff? I do that when it's appropriate uh-huh. at, at 2211 and Bungalow. But I do not want to over-service or, yeah. or try and yeah, basically, oh, look, I fucking own this place. You know, like, uh, I don't, he, I don't He's got it figured out on how to change it from manager to m- you know, entertainer in a sense, and like what? a light switch. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, go from managing his staff to managing his customers in a sense. So, thank you for that. But yeah, you, you have to you have to have a balance between. And I, I had a, a manager that told me this when I was managing Eddie V's. You need to be able to look at your staff and then to know what you're you're thinking just by a look you give them. And that goes management one hundred two. Yeah, a one hundred one ten. I mean, it, it, it takes a lot, and I, and, and I think that, um, like I said, like I said earlier, with the mics were off, you're, you wake up, and you know that some shit's gonna happen today. Oh yeah. Like there's no, 
Every day, you never know. They never. It's never a dull moment. You can walk in and plumbing, plumbing's fucked up, or uh, or right. your short staff, or right. someone can't yeah, make it. Or right. you walk in and someone's acting a motherfucker, and someone takes a punch at you, and they don't even know that. You know, it, it, that shit kind of shit happens all the time too. You know, you never know. What? Someone trying to swing at you? Well, I mean, I walked into bungalow several months ago with uh, my girlfriend and uh, her sister. And this guy came real close to her sister. I was like, hey, man, just back up a little bit. And it turned into a, a big altercation, you know, like. And just like just now. <laughs> just like just now. Just like just now. You know, like it, it, <laughs> it, it happens in the drop of a hat. The, the amount of time it takes me to take a sip out of my drink, uh-huh. shit's on, you know. You ever had to deal with anything major? I mean, my nose has been broken a couple times. I've had a my th- thumb almost bitten all the way off or. Partially bitten off, um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Damn. Now I'm thinking. I have, I'm a, big, thinking. I have, a, I have a big chunk taken out of my chin from hitting the pavement where someone hit me from behind. Yeah. Recently? No, this has just been throughout the years. Oh, okay, but, okay. Um, yeah, I've been knocked out. You know, all kinds of stuff. So, um, like, walk me through a typical day of an owner slash manager. Um. Depends on the day, what day of the week, obviously. But generally I get up. Depends on what I did the night before. Get up around 10. Get up, brush my teeth. Well, yeah, you know. take a shit, <laughs> eat breakfast, take, skip all of that. I don't It's fine. Uh, and then I think about where I need to do between both the bars, whether it be deposits. Oh, yeah, you're still running both. That's right. Yeah. Um, whether it be bank deposits, um, meetings. Um, you know, four or five days a week I have meetings between both places. Whether it be my business partners there, my business partners here, staff meetings, um, yeah, trainings, tastings, bookings, uh, meeting with you know um, purveyors, um, reps, all kinds of stuff. So um, is it that's all because is that maintenance or is it just you have to do it because you're like you already okay? Just, I want to improve. Just because you're the decision maker, that's just what happens. You okay. Know, like, whether it be someone trying to give me a new product that I need to taste or a new product that's on the market that I need to have that I uh-huh. can't have and i got to figure out how to get it. Yeah. Or, you know, everything in between that. Um, and then, you know, that happens usually between the 2 to 4 hour meeting with 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. meeting with different purveyors, reps, ordering, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually go back home, take a nap, do my thing, come back out. You have to be on the floor? What's that? You have to be on the floor? I don't have to be, but I am. Yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I like to see shit. You know, like, what's going I on? I mean, how does, it, how does it feel to walk in here and you can sit at your own bar, have your, your drink, and just, this is my vision. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, gr- it's, it's, it's come alive. It's, it's a good feeling, um, but a lot of the times, too, I see things that are, going on that I don't like to see going on. I usually just take notes. I don't, I don't act on it that night and then I'll yeah. bring it up the next day and we'll figure out how we can make it better. It's got to be a good feeling, man. Yeah. It's got to be. But I mean, you and know, also... I, yeah, I worked for it too, man. It wasn't handed to me. I well, yeah, well, of course. Yeah. I mean, 16 years old, washing dishes. <laughs> it all comes back to that. <laughs> it does. It does. No, but I mean, and, and also, I mean, you would think that, you know, yeah, you're young, you're still in your 20s, 
open your open a you know a couple bars here and there. No, was, you want to be part of it, like yeah, you're you're actually partying, yeah. you're drinking, you're sex, drug, and rock and roll, and all that bullshit. And then all those things happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you were all in it, and then you hit, and, and you're 30 plus. That's the biggest thing to manage. <laughs> right. And then you hit 30 plus, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Whether you have, you're in a relationship now, you're just trying to. Yeah. Be healthier. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually just had my first uh, jujitsu class last night. How would you pick that up? Um, someone just. Oh, you got your nose broken. A, so. a friend of mine, uh, Paul, just opened a jujitsu studio right next to Twenty Two Eleven. Yeah. And uh, I, I had my first class last night. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was. I actually, maintain, I, man. I actually had to uh, take a break about forty five minutes into it. Man, I, thought <laughs> I was gonna fucking faint. <laughs> so, what are the what are the yeah? We've been talking for almost an hour. Okay. Uh, what are the the best and worst parts of owning a bar? Uh, the best parts are when you walk in and it's busy, everything's going the way you want it to go, uh -huh. and you're not having to do anything. You're watching everything go the way you set it up to, to work and spin like a top. The worst parts is when you walk in and it's slow and shit's fucking up. It's slow and shit's fucking up yeah. on top of that? Yeah. Damn. I mean, that... that, that Have you that, seen that? That's, that's both sides, man. I mean, yeah. Is it 10 times a week? You can see that in just about any bar you, you walk into, yeah. you know? But I think... When it's slow and things aren't going the way that a bar owner would want it to go, in my opinion, mm -hmm. that's when you start to notice all the things that, you know, the attention to detail thing that he brought up before. Do, do you think that's there's like a, there's a common mistake that people make when they try to open bars or run them? Um, I can't speak for No, you everyone. can't. I'm not asking you to call anybody out, just um, in general. I, I think that... A lot of people think that it's going to be just, oh, I just opened this bar and there's no work. Over expectation. You know, I'm just going to open the doors and it's going to happen. Uh-huh. And with just just throwing money at it. But you got to have, there's, I mean, books and books and books of experience of a lifetime to, you know, to really know the ins and outs of everything. Yeah. If that I mean, makes sense. I mean, one thing I've, I've seen happen is... Owners who, like, they're owners, but they're not managers, so they're not really there all the time to know yeah. what's happening. And they, they make bad calls. Irrational, irrational decisions. And yeah. they start knee-jerking. Yes, and then yeah. they think that they're doing the right thing, and the next thing you know, it's tanking because they're not, they're, not on the, on the, yeah. they're not on the ground. And next thing you know, the, the whole thing shuts down. Yes. Yeah. I think that I've happens seen quite that. a bit. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. And I think a lot of people that, you know, it's always been their dream to open a bar. They've been very successful. They have some money. They find a location. They open this place. And they're like, oh, it's just going to work. That's not the way. That's not the I know way. I have friends. <laughs> I have money and friends. What, what else do I need to yeah, open yeah, and run a place? That's, I mean, kind of like I've, I've run into that a lot. And it's, it's not the way it works, you know. Do you think it's changed a lot over the years, like the, how the whole process works? I, you know, I've, I've only been kind of in the, the driver's seat. Fully since, you know, like 2011 when we started this bungalow deal. So, yeah. you know, I've officially only been an owner for, you know, three and a half years or so. That's still something. Yeah. That's still something. Uh, all right. So. Thank you, guys. Y'all be safe. Thank you for coming. I want to give a special shout out to Joe. 
It's my boy Joe over What's there. What's up, Joe? He lives. You live right up the street, man, right? You still live right here? Yeah. He just came down and said, what's up? So. Right on. But thanks for coming, man. I appreciate it. Cool, cool. Uh, I was going to get to... Oh, yes. And I turn to Patrick here. Yes, sir. Do you have... Before I get to my list... Do you have certain things that you would, if you were to picture your perfect bar, your ideal bar? Think about it for a second. Oh, gosh. What do you have, do you have it in your head? Uh, like if you were to run your own thing. That's a, that's a tough thing. I know, to I know. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. Let, let, me, let me rephrase it then. You walk into a place, brand new place. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things you look for right away? That either are good or bad. You're like, okay, well, can this I, is can I kind of uh, go ahead interject a little bit? He's got a lot of insight on the business. If if it's okay if I say this, but whatever. Your ex wife was mm-hmm. it's been in the business was in the business for a very long time, and he was kind of he knows a lot about the business. Oh, I bar- okay. I bartended for about three years when I was in Vegas too. I lived in Vegas oh in for Vegas a shit yeah. He was born in Vegas, lived his whole life, or not yeah. born there, lived his well, whole life there. I yeah. lived my I grew up there basically uh-huh. in Las Vegas, and uh, he knows a lot. There's, so okay, so what, whatever he just described, like as far as running a bar and opening one, has got to be like ten times worse up there, you know? Just ten uh, times different, probably. Ten, yeah, ten exactly. times different. Ten yeah. times different because you're when you open a bar in Las Vegas, you're looking to put gambling machines in the bar. They're making probably concern. twenty million dollars to open a place. Yeah, they're, they're trying to create revenue from gaming. Not necessarily alcohol. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Good call. That's they're giving, they're giving the big, away. It's a whole different yeah. ball game. So, um, I guess to answer your question, here in Austin, I guess the biggest thing when I walk into a bar, I would be looking for atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Is the main thing for me, you know? Now, what's your atmosphere? Me personally? Yeah, you. Um, <laughs> well, it's going to be a lot different than probably That's a, other Go people here in Austin. But, you know, the last thing I want to see is. You want to see hot girls behind the bar? Do you want to see. Yeah. Uh, do you, have, you want to have a DJ? You want in to have all cases, white people? You want to have what? In some cases, you, you want to see a very, you know, you want to see chill bartenders behind the bar that are friendly, not acting the way that they were told to act. You want to see a the genuine, a genuine, a genuine, yeah. a genuine service staff is uh-huh. what you want to see. Comfortable. You want to walk in and not feel nervous in your own skin when you walk in the bar. Yeah. Okay. Um, Have you felt that way? Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt here. You know, that's why I keep coming back. You want to have uh, a type of atmosphere where you, where you feel comfortable walking up and talking to the bartender like they're your own friend. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, there's a lot of bars in Austin and that you don't really get that feel from. That is true. And you and get, there's some to it. I have a theory. We'll I mean, get, you can uh, just walk up and order a drink, and just by the drink that you order, you get a certain reaction from the bartender, and then all of a sudden you feel uncomfortable being in that bar. I like Cosmos. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, and that's the thing is... Oh, yeah, I fucking order that drink. You know what? It cost me $12. Fucking make it, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, <laughs> at the I same swear, time, <laughs> you know, uh, there, there are certain drinks that people will order because they don't go into bars much and they don't realize that by ordering that drink that they're 
almost uh, you know putting the bartender out in a sense. Yeah. And you don't get that in certain bars in Austin, and this would be one of those. It, okay, so besides atmosphere, what else? Is that pretty much your um, big thing? Well, me being somebody who rides a motorcycle a lot, the first, you know, there's only a handful of bars, for example, that you go to where you're, you're looking for parking, for example. Yeah. Okay. That's a big deal for me. Um, the there's, other th yeah, there's motorcycle parking here and at 2211, mm -hmm. by the way. I'm sorry, here at, here, at, at 2211 and at Bungalow. For example, yeah, bungalow. if you are if you go down to 6th Street and you're coming out of a bar at 1 o'clock in the morning, there's people everywhere. Yeah, everybody, everybody's getting and kicked out. And I've had the experience where I've had to call the cops on two girls because they wanted to jump on my motorcycle and take pictures and knocked it over. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't you're get that type of situation here. You motorcycle over and there's a problem. You have about 100 yards on both... 100 yards on both sides of the street here where a ton of motorcycles could park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's that. But when I walk to a bar, I'd say it's mostly people. I, don't, I guess the best way to put it is I don't like walking into a bar with a bunch of obnoxious people <laughs> that are making it not very fun for the rest of the people. Is that someone to fuck bar. it up for everybody? And that's I'm saying that as a patron is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I wanted to go through my own little criteria. They're not pet peeves, but they're just things that like I've been around for so long and I see I've seen a lot. Um, one thing. I think personal space is very important when you're at a bar. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Very, Agreed. very important. Yep. So if the bar... Some people don't fucking get that, dude. No, I know. I know. But here's the thing. Some bars are set up that way. When the bar is three... The bar itself is three quarters of the place. Yep. You're always in someone's way. If the bar is laid out like a hallway, kind of like those bars on, on West 5th were. Yeah. You, you're always in someone's way. Like like, uh, like Lucky Lounge and Red Fez. L Lucky back, Red yeah, Fez was like yeah. that. Besso. Uh, uh, Besso was like that. Uh, what's the other one? But that was, dude, Quantum but, but like in the late 90s and early 2000s, man, that was the fucking spot. No, like it was. That, that was the way it was. It was. You know? It was. It was. I mean, Red Fez had an okay layout because you could still go on both sides. There's the couches up front. Yeah, and yeah, then like yeah, the yeah. Couches in the back and like yeah. the booths along the side. But. Yeah. You ever been at a packed concert on the floor and... All of a sudden, you're standing there trying to watch the show, and you just find yourself in the walkway where everybody's yes. trying to walk through yes. and you're stomping All on your fucking feet constantly. Exactly. And you're just like, God damn it. No, but that, that's <laughs> just, not <laughs> the spot I want to be in. And this is, this is what I tell um, if, you, if you pay attention, when you, when you go to Kung Fu, it's the girls that kind of parade around the bar. Oh, yeah. The dudes just stand there and just watch them walk by yeah. the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So, I mean, th that's, that's one of the things I look for. I mean, God bless those guys at Kung Fu, man. I do not fucking miss working there at all, though. Uh, I, don't. I don't. I don't. I go for the games. I, they just got the Ninja Turtles game, so I just went Sunday, played a little bit. It's Otherwise, fun to I go, go there straight, as a patron. Fighter. Yeah, it's fun to go there as an actual patron. In some yeah. cases, but I man, just go for the those guys. I go Street Fighter, and I'm and I'm good. Yeah, um, I go for their skee ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. Pictures. Um, another thing is when he wants you to take pictures. You can see over the mic. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Take some pictures, motherfucker. Let's <laughs> go, paparazzi. Let's go, paparazzi. Um, <laughs> another thing is when the crowd is 
to me is when the crowd is too much of the same, when it's not that much diversity. Yeah. And it's not, it, but what I mean by that is not necessarily in terms of race, but in terms of like attitudes and mm-hmm. uh, what, how styles. people care. Styles. styles. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. I like that. Because yeah. yeah. you never know who you're going to run into. Well, of course, yeah. if you go to the W, you know who, what kind of people you're going to well, yeah, see. Well, yeah, you're going to see the same, uh, the polo shirts and the, and the. Exactly. Yeah. And the, Every and once in a while, it's fine. It's, it's entertaining. Like your, it's like your post college uh, type of crowd. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. Yeah, so I, w- I always look for that. Uh, another thing is if a place has special events. Because it's one thing to have, you have your base. We always want special events at 2211, by the way. Anybody yes. listening? Call me, 512-699-1830. You're already into plugs. I'm not even... <laughs> You'll get your time, man. Don't worry. You've been doing a lot of talking. Let me do some of my talking. It's my damn show. <laughs> no, but uh, when... Um, you have your base crowd. You have people that are coming on a regular basis. But every once in a while, you want to branch out and be like, okay, what else could I do to bring other people in? Like you guys bring the motorcycle people here and all that stuff. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into that. And most importantly, let me look at my list here. I can't believe I have a list. Well, the staff, we went over that. And the music. I already said that. If the mu- if To me, if the music is right, people will be there and people will have a good time. And I've, I've right. told I've, – I've had, I've had this conversation with many – um, bar managers and say, hey, if if the music is right, people will show up. If you play something here that the bars around you don't, people will come. Because a lot of times what happens is, especially when you have that many bars in the same area, people get, they go, okay, well, if I go there uh, on a Saturday, I know what to expect. Uh, but if I don't go if I miss out, eh, I probably didn't miss out anything. It's probably the same shit yeah. all the time. But if I know that, oh, when I go there, I'm going to hear this shit I like, I'm going to show up, even if it's once a month, even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, sometimes once a year. People mentally pinpoint an Yes, because they know if they, well, it goes back to the special event thing. Yeah. If, yeah. If, they, if you miss it, you're going to have to wait, you know, X amount of days for it to happen again. Mm-hmm. And... Um, what is it about your bar that that um, what is it about your bar that makes people want to go there on those certain days? Yeah, and then versus the bar next door. If you just you can walk down Sixth Street and hear the same song being played on both sides of the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Katy Perry. Or it's whatever, the fancy. Yeah. It's the, all the top yeah. forty yeah. shit. And I believe, and Joe, you can back me up on that. If you're in your late twenties, early thirties, you don't care about the shit that's playing right now. You want to hear some eighties and nineties music, yeah, or some old school hip hop. Yeah, some old school. It could be some classic rock. It could be any of that. Yeah. See, he's snapping his fingers. He agrees. That's that's how he <laughs> says yes. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm all for that. So that's that's what I look for. That's what I look for. Um, I forgot I was going with this, but what is it about his bar? Yes, let's get to twenty two eleven. He's making a list. What are you doing? I'm uh, just making a little note. Oh. But I tell you this: if I if I had my own bar, I would have a designated dance floor because people don't open places with dance floors no more. Right. And I will hire one dude, and his 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 whole job would be to kick anybody off the dance floor that's not dancing. <laughs> anybody who's just standing there, 
like, like just like fucking tower, no, not moving or anything. Holding up a wall. Yeah. <laughs> Get the fuck out. That would be his only job. Yeah. You know, a, a couple things about uh, guys and working in bars. Uh, well, spawn a couple thoughts, but um, a lot of guy, a lot of people think that having a hot girl bartender will um, will bring a bunch of people in. But actually, it's actually reverse in my experience in, my, in, in, in the time of me doing this. Is you have mm-hmm. some good-looking guys back there that bring the girls in, and the girls bring the guys in. Really? Yeah. Because I think I've had a harder time. Well, you, 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 well you have to have a balance of the two. But in a yes. smaller place, you have some, some good-looking guys, and they bring the girls in, and then the girls bring the guys in. Mm-hmm. That's true. See? Do you believe that? I mean, I, it makes sense. It makes That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Throw an 80s party. Time to do we, show up do and we dudes just figure that out? <laughs> <laughs> do we just figure that out? No, I mean, it's legit. I, I'm, I'm, that's, it's, I, I mean, through all my experience, man, it, it, in, a, in, a, in a, a place like 2211, it's a little bit different because it's a neighborhood bar on the yeah, east yeah. side. And there's a lot of growth that's going to happen over here, so it's a little bit different, but... Um, in my experience, like having, say there's six bartenders working, you want to have four to five of those decent-looking guys with good personalities that are going to bring girls in. And all those girls can come see them, that's going to bring the fucking guys in. And the guys buying the drinks and buying the rounds for the girls yeah. and all that. But in my case, if there's a bunch of dudes around the bar, they don't necessarily want to take my order. So I'm just standing there like a jackass, like, dude, really? Well, that's why you, you, gotta have, you have a balance, though, you know? So yeah, there's exactly. six bartenders, you get two of them, or four guys, two are girls. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Balance is fine. But yeah. I've been to places yeah. when it's all dudes, and they all, I don't want to say douchey looking, but they. I, you know, I get you. Yeah, I'm and I'm like, you. dude, I've been standing there. I know you're trying to holler at these right. three bitches right here, but I want to I wanna order something. I've been sitting there patiently. <laughs> At the same time, I will say, when it comes to, for example, a, a bunch of guys who are out on a, on a motorcycle ride all day long, they want to go to a bar and just have a drink to end one of their rides. They want to go to a bar where they can end their ride, come down, sit down, and talk to another guy bartender behind the bar and just talk shit. You know, in really? some cases, sometimes, yeah, absolutely. I know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a testosterone type of thing sometimes. You know Let me tell I mean? you about my bike, man. You know, it's it's just you're continuing on that, you know, that I get, I, type of I have, a, I have a, a, a hot girl bartender working here at 2211, mm-hmm. though. He's got, a good, he's got a good diversification here. That's Real good. good. I mean, Bungalow is perfect, the way it's set up over there, because I'll order from Ashley any day and yeah. order from Desha any day. That's fine. Because you, you can admit that when you – there's a difference between having a guy and a girl bartender behind that bar where the patron will totally change their attitude. Oh, Yes. And everything they talk about. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Actually, I was planning on having um, I've been trying to get um, Ashley and Paul on the show to talk about that dynamic. Guy mm-hmm. bartender versus girl bartender. Yeah. I, I'm going to make it happen at some point, but their schedules are so, so weird. That what if I can, uh, I can help clear their schedule for a night for you? Well, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, I was going to get uh, – it, it was AC, actually. It's uh, oh. Ashley Collins, okay. who's okay. at uh, Ranch now, I think, or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was planning on having also a- um, other Ashley and um, Paul, tall Paul. Yeah, no, no, no. I was gonna have Ashley and Amy together. Amy Jones. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I give her a shout out. Love you, Amy. 
No, no, but uh, yeah, if you could clear uh, Paul's. Uh, uh, yeah, just let me know, or if you give me a heads up, I'll figure out. I'm gonna make it, make it happen for him. Oh yes, because he's been wanting to do. I it. I love that dude, man. Yeah, he's, I love Paul. He he, uh, he he brings so much uh, positive energy into oh, my yeah. bar bungalow, man. He's he's an awesome dude. Ever since I met him at Six Lounge years ago, I'm like this dude right here is something. Love the guy, love the guy. All right, let's talk about 2211 since you guys are itching so much. Um, it was uh. Wait, how did it... Hold on, let me ask. What was the motivation to come to this place after Rainy? Were you tired of Rainy, or what was I, it? I, I, <laughs> Rainy Street. But, it, you know, it's a lot of a lot of red tape on Rainy Street, which you kind of touched on quite a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and it's evolving crazily, but in a good way. You know, like, you know, Lester Pearl's gone, and but it's going to bring, you know... At the end of the day, more patrons to to my yeah, bar, yeah. B- people bungalow. living across the street. Um, but I'm always in the market. I'm always looking for the next new kind of cool spot that I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm gonna continue on that pace um, without trying to get too big and destroy my integrity. Or you know, I right. still want to be a part of everything I'm uh, you know I'm I'm doing or opening. Um, but this deal was brought to me by a friend of mine. That uh, he actually owns Havelina. He's a real estate broker. Uh, Craig is his name. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Craig. Yeah. What up, Craig? And uh, he's like, listen, I have this deal. Bar's still open. Um, it's only there's only beer here. Mm-hmm. It's it's in a really kind of a sketchy part of town. Is this gonna you you so you're two for two, West Six and Rainy. As far as location goes, like right. location is going to pop. Right. Is there another like a stretch of things happening this, here? Because I remember right Frontier here, there's, Bar. There's three more bars opening on the street. Is uh, Whistler around here? Whistler's is two blocks that way. Okay. Um, there's three more bars opening on the street. Maybe four. Uh, 4,500 square foot restaurant and a rural blue type place, a grocery store as well, like a rural do, royal blue type place. Okay. Um, within the next year to two years. Um, I see this as its own district. It's about to happen. I'm a little bit ahead of the game, but two years from now, this place is going to be crazy. Again, like I said, he's and then he's going to get out and he's going to open something like south somewhere or way north somewhere. <laughs> but <laughs> the yeah, next like, frontier. Again, like yeah. I said, he likes to be ahead of the game. So, oh, good call, man. You're, yeah, you're I, two th- for two so far. This so is, this is way more ahead of the game I've ever been. Um, but I'm I'm super proud of this place. And it's cool in here. I dig it. You know, like I'm doing, to my knowledge, I have the largest canned beer selection in the state of Texas. I'm like 95, 96 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, different kinds of canned beers. Um, focus mostly on local craft beer. And after that, uh, local meaning Austin and then branching out to Texas. Yeah, uh, something you said. Yeah, something you set out to do when you something I set out to do. I don't have any draft beer, no bottle beer, all canned beer. Uh, one of the largest whiskey selections east of I-35. Um, and the Cambier selection is, is the largest, to my knowledge, in the state of Texas. I've never seen Crispin in a can. Yeah. yeah. How does he get the bottle? Um, There's a lot of beers here I've never seen before, period. Um, it, it, do, you do, do, do you do samplers? Um, I, it, it's kind of hard to do a sampler because you're, you know, it, it's coming out of a can. So. Oh, oh, yeah, it's true. Um, but also, too, I have these magnetic koozies. You, it's a nameplate on it. You write your name on it. They're magnetized. Anywhere inside here, a lot of it's magnetized. If you go to the restroom, you can stick it to the wall. 
We'll keep That's your fuse cool, here man. for you on the ceiling behind the bar on the wall. And come back in. We got your name, you know, and, and your yeah, spot. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. And just just to kind of touch on that, that's kind of a big deal, in my Jacuzzi? opinion. As a patron, yeah, absolutely. No one's ever done it to my knowledge. No yeah, one's I've ever had it to my knowledge I've either. never seen it before because, in a sense, it leaves a piece of the customer in the bar mm-hmm. to where they come back again. Oh, yeah. I, they, they un, unspokenly think inside their mind, oh, I got a koozie over there, in a sense. And they come back, they always have a koozie with their name on it. I mean, eventually it's going to be... they always come back to it, you know what I mean? Eventually you're going to run out of room. Oh, oh yeah. yeah It'll be fun, it's, though. It's pretty full. I'm looking at it right now. And um, well, initially it was <laughs> just going to be that koozies. one wall, but now I had to put the, um, the metal on the ceiling behind the bar to, to fulfill all of them. But there's probably... I don't know. A thousand. Well, probably two, three, I don't know, 300, 400 up there right now. Way more than that. I don't know. uh, 500? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe more. I'm looking at it. But there's room for another five, six hundred probably. Maybe, I don't know, a thousand up there. Yeah, it's combined nice, with the, with everything you have on the wall over there. Yeah, it's close to a thousand, dude. Yeah, I mean, you, let me just describe it because I just I just went through it today when I came in, and he gave me this koozie and he said, "Hey, just write your name on it, but make it yours, so that you recognize it." Because mm-hmm. I mean, and my name is Back. There's not twenty five backs. There's not two backs in town. There's not two backs in Texas. Anyway, it's a modern <laughs> version of Cheers. Yeah. So uh, you really like cu- get to customize your what? modern version of Cheers. Everybody knows your name. Yeah, right. And so you just customize it. You write your name. You do draw, do whatever you want, different colors, and you just stick it on the wall. And then you'll come back and use it again. How, mu- how much are these? Um, they cost me almost five dollars to make, like four dollars and like eighty three cents actually. Mm-hmm. And I'm selling for five bucks. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to make a bunch of money off of them, obviously, but I, yeah. I want to I do something cool that no one's ever done before, and we're welcome to have you, you know. That's dope, man. Brings people back, man. And that's uh, for sure. uh, uh, why I'm on that note about, you know, I know that you're really into the DJ scene. Um, starting Wednesday nights um, here in the next couple weeks, um, I have nine different bigger DJs throughout the city. They're going to be doing a set here on Wednesday nights. Um, Nine DJs well, rotating? Be, they'll rotate. So they'll play every two months, every 10, you know, if you're yeah, the yeah, night, yeah. you'll play every 10 weeks. And it's going to be old school hip hop slash Willie Nelson, you know, like. Slash what? Yeah. Willie Nelson, man. Just oh, like all fine, kinds of fine. cool <laughs> shit, you know, like <laughs> just like really off the wall kind of stuff. And uh, that, we're, it's, we're it's really neighborhood bar, it. man. So you know, cool. like I'm, I've always been a fan of old school hip hop, you know, like Tribe and, and all that good stuff, you know. Now you speak my language. Yeah. Tribe and the roots, it. and you know another another spot to discover. We're sitting on the stage right now where they'll be spinning. So and, yeah. and the same DJ table they'll be they'll be spinning on too. So no, but I mean it, it is. And are apologize. you familiar with uh, Dick Nixon? Right, I know all the DJs in town. So Dick Nixon is kind of heading the heading the deal with you know Kellum and all those guys too. So nice, yeah, nice, nice. And DJ Rich, and I could keep going, but yeah. I know every single one of them, yeah. <laughs> and I know exactly what they play. Yeah. And a lot, of, and some of them I gave them music. Yeah, they're like play this. I guarantee you it's gonna work. <laughs> Back said so. Remember, <laughs> no, but um, uh, I know. Like you, you've told me about this a while back, and this is my first time here. I, I think it's always been a dream of mine to do something like this to like a, a smaller type place that's not in the hustle and bustle. A place where people can come in and have a good time and feel comfortable. 
with some, you know, some big comfortable bar chairs and a bartender that's going to be... So in their own koozie. Yeah. And what are your special <laughs> nights? You have the motorcycle thing, right? Um, yeah, for me, uh, you know, being somebody that comes here quite often, one Ten of the things that attracts me here is on Mondays, they do the Moto, the, uh, moto Mondays, yeah. where a large portion of the motor, motorcycle scene here in Austin gets together. They can bring all their bikes here. There's certain drink specials, and then... We can, open the gates, too, and you can bring the bikes in yeah. the backyard. Yeah, that's what I was Oh, nice. Say. You can bring in all the bikes, so you can walk around, drink, and check out other bikes and newer bikes, bikes you've never seen before, meet mm-hmm. with other people who ride bikes. bikes. Yeah. That's on Mondays, every Monday? Yeah, Moto mm-hmm. Mondays, yes. Man, you're going to love what it's, rally. It's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. They look forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, we love it, dude. And then yeah. on uh, Tuesdays during... The certain season when Sons of Anarchy's on, they play the actual show here where people can sit here and watch really? the actual show. Oh, yeah. We, well, yeah. it played tonight while we were up here doing the podcast. Oh, but. sorry. <laughs> now <laughs> Bill and Ted Adventure is on. Oh, it's still on. Look, to your right. Sons of Anarchy's oh, on. Oh, yeah. never mind. But yeah, ju- it is on. Just to touch on that, just so uh, I want to kind of touch on that a little bit, is being somebody that rides a motorcycle, there's only a handful of places that you can go in Austin where you're comfortable with going on a motorcycle. Because, for example, if you were to go to 6th Street, you're riding up and down 6th Street trying to look for a small little spot between two cars to park your bike. And then some drunk chick comes in, some drunk frat girl comes and sits on it and fucking knocks it over. And at 1 or 2 in the morning on a Friday or Saturday night, it's just covered with people. You're lucky if you get your bike out of there. By 3 o'clock in the morning. By 3 o'clock in the morning. So by... Being able to come to a place where there's 100 yards on both sides in the actual street where you can park your bike mm-hmm. and then not have to worry about leaving whenever you want or being blocked in by a car or another bike. It's, it's just it's comfortable because that's one of the first things people think about when they're on a bike and they want to go to a bar. Yeah, good call. Is where can I go where I can park my bike where it's safe? And that's, that's a big deal, believe it or not. So, is the, I mean, I know the biking community is pretty... Pretty big here. It's, you have people from getting, out, of, out of town come here? Oh, and absolutely. Like Rot Rally. Even during uh, uh, the the major car shows that they have here and conventions and everything, uh-huh. a lot of people come in on bikes. And this is the middle of the hill country. You know? So, you know, having God's consideration. Country, yeah. It's, it's it, uh, one of the top places in the entire, you know, well, United States, but all, all, even in the fucking world, to come ride your yeah. motorcycle. It's cool. And mm-hmm. this is a new spot on the east side because if you go to East 6th Street, it's still kind of the same as, you know, the the main part of 6th Street. There's not a whole lot of parking. Uh, this talking is, about East 6th, more towards Kamal e- e- and all that east stuff? East of east I-35. Of I-35. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, Shangri-La, yeah. the Whistlers. This gives us a place where we can come on our bikes and... We, Feel comfortable about parking outside, exactly. and there's and not worrying about parking bike. too. Yeah, and not worrying about the safety of the bike. That's a yeah. big deal. Is it true that thing with the USB ports behind the bar? Yeah, dude. Yes. Yeah. So that was uh, that was another uh, deal. So attention to detail, like I've said since the beginning of this conversation, or the end of this, is is uh, uh, something that's been instilled for me from the time I started doing this. But all of my outlets inside the bar have USB ports, so you can plug directly in. Charge and, your phone. and charge your phone or your PDA or your computer, whatever you want to do, directly. Good call. 
And it's got to be annoying as a bartender or someone that can plug my, That's my phone. That's exactly why me. I fucking did it. Exactly. Now, when you can plug it in and download the drink specials, that'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool too. So, what's what's it like here on like a, a Friday or Saturday night? Is um, well, we're doing. Uh, there's a lot of things going on right now too. Like again, we're still a newer bar. Or yeah. Still a new bar, um, but we're changing some stuff up. So like. Uh, Mondays, Moto Mondays, Tuesday, we're still kind of working on some things. Uh, also, well, Sons of Anarchy on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, um, it'll be the DJs. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, live music. Happy okay. hour to close, pretty much, inside Lo- and bands. outside. Yeah, local bands and bigger acts, too, once we get our OMV. Um, there's, we're going to have what? a big state. OMV, outdoor music uh, permit. Oh, it's another permit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, so if you look, well, to the lot, to the left of where we're sitting right now, the, the big tree out there, yeah. um, we're building a stage out there, hopefully in the next couple of weeks and all these windows open up, move all those, those tables and chair, or all those, the, the, the tables outside, mm-hmm. you know, we can have four to 500 people out there comfortably, you know, like in a standing room only type situation nice. or some, some big, you know, like national acts. Why don't you uh, a, a partner already since you're, <laughs> you're such a regular, you know, all this stuff? Well, we're also working on something else right now. Yeah. That, Uh-oh. So, yeah. yeah. Can I get an, an uh, exclusive? Nope. Next podcast. Yeah. Okay, I'll come back <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, not next week. Give us two or three months, and we'll be able to give you an answer on that. Nice, but. nice. And you got a, you got, he's got a Moonwalker arcade. Only one, only one in the city that I know of, too. I've never Jackson. seen that one. I, maybe, I, and I think there's only three or four in the state, actually. Michael Jackson Moonwalker. And we also have our own 2211 um, video game, too. It has 49 Atari games on it from Galaga to Mrs. Pac-Man. Nice. So you get the kung fu vibe here. <laughs> but Moonwalker, uh, I got to. I'm going to have to try It's free, it. too. It's free? Yep. All the time? Yeah. All the time? Yeah, all the time. I'm going to play this before I leave, if you don't mind. <laughs> of course. I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, as everybody knows. Anything else you want to... We'll yeah, get to plugs and, and later. Come, come check out the, the, the cool doors into my restrooms, too. Don't kick it, though. Yeah, don't kick it. You got you to gotta, you gotta push the cock and push the uh, pussy. pussy cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I actually experienced that awkwardly my first time in here. Oh, you were shocked by that? I was. It's a conversation just, piece. Just, the doors of the restaurants are a conversation piece. It is. Know? We just had a gentleman in here who had no idea where the bathroom was, and he was kicking down the my staff office door. door. My office door. My office door. Because the 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 actual bathroom doors for both the men and the women, even those are co- there's a cock and a pussy on the wall to show you where it's at. But pussy cat. Pussy, pussy cat. cat. Anyways, it you have to say cat with, the door. <laughs> <laughs> with my mouth. This this whole thing. Yeah, I should probably should. Just <laughs> but yeah, you. you Kind of push in the wall, and there it is—the bathroom. There's your, well, there's your the idea behind so that you, too you is push the cock, and you enter the pussy, and you're in the bathroom. There you go. Right. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, the, the idea behind that is I wanted the doors to go inwards versus outwards because when I did the additions to the restrooms here, uh-huh. it took up a significant amount of space, and I was going to have some tables over there and stuff like that. And the stage is actually originally going to be over there, but it took up so much space. I don't want the doors to open up out into the, the big space inside the bar. So I figured out a different deal to where it's kind of seamless and it kind of goes away. Cool, cool. It works. Uh, 
All right, it's been an hour and a half. Let's get into a little game. All right. Oh, shit. <laughs> game. It's just trivia. It's nothing, nothing crazy. All right. Um, what is the name of the high rise that's coming up on the northeast corner of Red River and Cesar Chavez? I have four four options you can pick. Red from. River and Cesar Chavez. Uh, Waller Park Place, Fairmont Hotel, Hotel Van Zant, or Millennium Rainy. The first one. Waller Park Place. I think so. What do you say? I have no fucking clue, man. <laughs> For, it's the Fairmont Hotel. It's a. F- it, oh yeah, shit. Yeah, it is the Fairmont. Yeah, I knew. I did. That did know that. Yeah, Wait, I went to a meeting Red about River that in the city about and it. And Caesar Chavez. What, that, that huge that's right where the, was? Bar- yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the barbecue right, place is, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're parking right across was. the street from. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I knew that. Um, yeah, you knew that. <laughs> we all knew that. All right, next. And this you'll be able to uh, answer, Pat. Reorder the streets from east to west on Seventh Street. I'm going to list them, and you have to reorder them from east to west. Okay. Of seven. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to name them. I'm only going to name five. I know there's more. No, no on 7th? On 7th Street. Say you're here, and you're going west. So and you're I'm going naming, towards I'm naming 35. the streets? Yes. I'm going to name the streets, and you okay. put them in order. Onion Street, Navasota, Kamal. Where else did I have? Waller, I think. Damn it. I'm a bad game show host. And San Marcos, to put them in order from east to west. What comes first? Onion. What do you say? I, g- give me all five. Fuck, man. I don't, so, I, Onion, I Navasota, Kamal, Waller, San Marcos. Wait, wait, wait. It's Navasota, Onion, San Marcos, Kamal, and what's the other one? Uh, is Waller and uh, oh no, Waller's close to Shangri-La. You're going from east to west, dude. Oh fuck, I'm going in opposite order. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Come on, you can do it. To eleven to yeah, that's that's. I'm trying to, to think downtown. of it backwards. I want to say Kamal is first. Okay. Wait, where does it start at? Doesn't matter. We're just going. East I want to, to say west. Kamal. Uh huh. San Marcos, Onion, Waller, and Navasota. Okay, your turn. Ooh. What's the list That's again? Tough, Onion. That's real tough. Navasota, Kamal, Waller, and San Marcos. Uh, Joe, you want to try this? I'm out. <laughs> that, this is tough, I'm man. There, uh, there's yeah, a couple of streets I'd never even turn on. Well, I know it's Waller is t- close to I-35. Kamal is before that. That's the only two I know. Okay. Sorry. All right. And it's Kam- Kamal's first. Kamal, I knew Kamal. Kamal's first, then it's Onion Street. Then Waller. Then Navasota. Then Navasota. Then Waller. Then Onion. Then San Marcos. Then San Marcos. Okay, okay, so I had two of them backwards. Yeah. Yeah, you were close. You were close. All right. Um, next question. This is, can you recommend a place for people not the one of the places you manage or you own that on on a Saturday or Friday? Uh, on this side of town? Or anywhere in town. Just a uh, recommendation. To go have dinner or go, to drink, go out, dance? To, yeah. Um, 
Uh, what do they want to do? They just want to go out. Just want to go out. That you you would enjoy it if you went there. Bungalow. <laughs> no, that, doesn't on, that doesn't count. Um, <laughs> Let's say you're not working, so you're not working here. You're not working at bungalow. You just want to be out somewhere. Where would you go? Is that a tough of a question? Yeah, I, it kind of is, man. Um, I'm just trying to. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Pat. Go. Um, I would say Casino South is a yeah, good one. Yeah, there you go. Casino That's a good South one. South is a really good one. What is uh, it? It's it's a it's a bar Casino on the El south Camino? side. It, you know, they have a bar down south on Ben Casino White. El Camino just opened up on Ben White on the south side of the town. Uh-huh. It's a pretty badass bar. What's just, so cool about it? I never. It's just it's. It's a neighborhood bar too. It's or? a neighborhood bar. It it's near Murphy. It's like walking into Pulp Fiction. Yeah. It's, oh shit. It's a yeah. it's a little uh, it's it's badass Don't bar. Don't be a um, little rockabilly <laughs> bar in a sense. Okay. Right. Detour. 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 Oh. <laughs> no, no, Detour. It's a bar on uh, at the Y in Oak Hill. I like to disappear. Oh, another, I, like to, I like to disappear there sometimes. No one knows me there. There's another Detour <laughs> on Burner Road. I don't know if it's still around. Same one. Yeah. Same one? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Jenny's Little Longhorn's fun to go to. Um, uh, what's the Christmas bar uh, that's, that's uh, Layla's? Okay. Layla's. It's, it's Christmas 24... 365, 24-7, 365. Because <laughs> why not, right? Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. Uh, so did you get to did you say, listen to some of the show, the previous show? I uh, did not see the some of the previous show. Sorry. Okay. Do you remember um, maybe what the controversy was in the salsa world? Did you hear that part? No, I didn't, man. I'm sorry. Okay. My girlfriend. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, anyway, it was about on one and on two where you put your foot when you start dancing. It was a it's a huge thing in the left foot forward. No, it's always either right foot forward. Guys always left foot forward. Okay, that's on one, but they can do left foot back on the same spot. That's on two, and it's apparently it's a big deal in the salsa world. I had no idea. I found out last week. Okay. Anyway, uh, now we up for plugs, shout outs, and shout out anybody. Pat, you're welcome to too. Uh, this is your time to talk. Uh. I like to shout out to all my investors uh, at Bungalow and 2211, my business partners at Bungalow, uh, Ash, Seth, Donnie Potta, Dennis Wynn, my business partners here, Jeremy Murray, Nick Swordfigger, and my staff at both places that hold this place together. Anything you want to plug? Anything you got coming up? That- um, I mean, you've talked about the place, but if you have, you want to... Please come by and just check out the largest canned beer selection in Texas, to my knowledge, and come get a fucking koozie. I'll buy you one. Come in and ask me for me. All right. Deal. Pat? Uh, I'd like to give a shout-out to Jack Daniels, uh, <laughs> Party, Bud Light, um, Arby's. Yep. Uh, Andrew Gutierrez, you know. <laughs> yeah, Jack in the Box, because they've saved me Jose Cuervo, all those guys... <laughs> Those guys are awesome. They're great. Shout out They're to great. you, man. I, shout Jack out to Daniels you. has driven me home many times, which is not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Harley, oh, yeah. Harley uh, Davidson. Uh, <laughs> and uh, this little uh, French bulldog named Joey. <laughs> and and Do you the have staff a, of 2211. Is there sure. like a meetup thing for your, um, 
you motor, uh, motorcycle people, anything you want you do there or that you want to no, bring up? No, just uh, everybody needs to check out Moto Mondays, man. This thing is going to start taking off here real cool. soon because yeah. it's riding weather. It's riding weather. It. We're getting into the fall, and this is the time to do it. I'll give a shout-out to my girlfriend, too. What's up, Jess? How you doing, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jess. Uh, you don't know me yet, Jess. No, <laughs> no that's cool. Let's go. Um, let's see. Now it's my turn. Let me tell you what's happening this weekend. Uh, Thursday, DJ Shadow, DJ Cut Chemist, Renegades of Rhythm. Joe, you know about this? Uh, at ACL Live, they're going to be playing Africa Bambada's records. Um, all of his own records. Okay. Uh, and then the after party with Nick Knack. At the, um, they call it the 11th la- 11th, 11th hour it's like that lounge. little mezzanine up yeah, there. Yeah, the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's little free. There. But if you want to check out the DJ Shadow and Cut Kevin show, it's 30 bucks. Uh, I think it's worth it. I lo- you know, it's good to see some tableism and guys just going off on that. Uh, Friday, uh, Peligrosa is playing at the Empire with Dave Nada, Drace Call, and Jubilee. Oh, uh, yeah, I know those guys. Yeah, Peligrosa guys. I, I love those guys. Too. Those guys are ridiculous. Uh, it's part of the uh, the Weekender, courtesy of Dub Academy, who I had on the show a couple of weeks ago. So go check that out. It's basically a full weekend of music all at Empire. Uh, but for Peligrosa, it'll be 15 bucks, 18 plus. Uh, if you're on the north side of town, well, central side of town, uh, Electric Tooth uh, will have Lambda and DJ Ash at Nasty's for free, uh, playing hip-hop, disco, funk, house, all that good stuff. But that's at Nasty's. Usually Nasty's, you know, it's Monday with Mel. DJ Ash should be here, too, here shortly at some point. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I, I love Ash. Ash is, Ash is dope. Um, Saturday, there's, uh, if you guys ever heard of Crash Alchemy? Uh, yes, I have. It's a group of, I mean, they're all artists. They do aerials and uh, they Alchemy. put on this crazy show. Yeah. It's, it's like a whole experience. I, I saw them at Art Outside last year. I was blown away. They do all kinds of stuff. It's, hmm. it's like dancing slash acting with crazy costumes and they go into the crowd and interact with people. They do silks. They do all kinds of acrobatics. It's, 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 it's great. So they're going to have, they're going to start their residency at Maggie Mays uh, this Saturday. Uh, no covers. So just go check them out. It's very, it's very fun. It's a lot of fun. And Tuesday, Tuesday is Son of Anarchy Day here at 2211, of course. Yo, yo. <laughs> um, but if you're on the other side of town, there's a benefit for the Health Alliance for Austin Musicians uh, with Rise Against the Storm, Roxy Rock, uh, The Night Owls, and Magna Carta, KP and the Boom Boom. Seven bucks to support uh, uh, the Ham Association. So that's about I, all I, I got. Get anything? One, one quick thing. Uh, Thursday night... Um, is the seven-year anniversary of Jay Black's. Oh, Shout yeah. out to Sean Frick and Ashley Frick and Judson Sutherland. Congratulations. It was a pleasure to be working there with you guys as long as I did and to be y'all's friends. Congratulations. That's this Thursday? This Thursday. Seven years? Seven years. Shit, we old. Woo. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. Make sure you go uh, share the show, Twitter, Facebook, we on iTunes. You can subscribe. Uh, Stitcher. I'm going to put all the shows on SoundCloud also. 
So if you're on SoundCloud, you can follow, you can, you know, embed and share with your friends and all that. Um, you got a bunch of people coming up. It should be uh, some great shows. This is my first live show, like, on location. So I want to thank Jason for thank making you. it happen. I, no, actually, I want to shout out to you, man. It means a lot to you even considering me, man. I appreciate it. Means thank a lot. you, thank you, thank thanks you. Back. Patrick, appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Ciao. Thanks, Buck.